I want to prepare your hearts, and therefore I'm going to reserve the sermon that was scheduled for today until next week. I uh, I can remember I I was telling Mary that uh, this is the first time in the nine years now that I've been in Charleston that I can recall a a weather pattern on a Sunday morning that developed such that we might consider even canceling the worship services or altering uh, the worship uh, structure. That before this, I was in snow country, and there were a number of Sundays that we would be challenged with a blizzard or snow conditions where we would have to think about canceling the services. And the story is told that uh, a pastor was faced with a similar situation as the weather began to deteriorate, and he was in a farming community in the Colorado West, and he asked a farmer, he says, well, what do you do when a weather pattern shows up? And it's blizzard conditions. What do you do about your feeding of your flock and feeding of your herd? And he says, well, there'll always be some of the herd that show up to the feeding spot. But typically I have a truck full of hay bales. I don't take the whole truck full. You know, if the truck's already loaded, I will go to that feeding spot and I will feed those that come. So we need to have services and you need to feed those that come. Well, the minister took that to heart and he began to preach and preach and preach and preach. After the service, the farmer came up to him and he says, well, he said, I can see that you took to heart to feed the flock. But when I fed the flock, I didn't give them the whole truckload. (laughs) I didn't give them the whole thing. This morning, I want you to consider this as we prepare to come to this table. That every time you disobey your loving Lord, every time you disobey a command of God, Every time we disobey the leading of the Holy Spirit, at heart, there is a doubt, there's a distrust, a suspicion that God intends for good with that command. We look at that command and we see we look at that and we distrust that God really has my best interest in mind. We're suspicious of Him as a Father who is directing us in a better way than we would be directed. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 4, 5, and 6, we read this. The serpent said, God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and she ate. 
God had given one command, and that was to not eat of the fruit of that tree. But Eve looked at that fruit, and in desiring it, and in desiring that fruit, arose the mistrust of God. Desiring that fruit, she became suspicious as to God having her best interest in mind. It was desirable to her, and she came to conclude, I must do this for myself. I make a choice here apart from God's clear command. But it was based on distrust that his ways are better and that he is a father toward us and that his commands are loving directives, not negative prohibitions. Clyde Beatty may be a name that means nothing to you, but he was the, the world's most famous lion tamer. Growing up in Ohio, he had worked with a number of animals and not wanting to be trapped on a farm. At 11 years old, he ran away with a circus when it came near his town. And he began by feeding the animals and ultimately worked his way up to be the lion tamer. It was Clyde Beatty who introduced into the arena with the lions, into the cage that he would enter to enter into, he introduced a four-legged chair. Before that, they would have a pistol at their side, and they would have a whip that they could begin to basically beat the animals into submission. And so the pistol and the whip had always been effective to corral the lions and to get them to do what the tamer, lion tamer wanted them to do. But Clyde Beatty came up with a four-legged chair. And people initially thought, well, he's able now to tame the lions with a four-legged chair because he could hit them with the chair in addition to the whip that he had or the pistol at his side if things got out of hand. Years later, what people came to conclude was that the lion would see a lion is best when it has one thing to focus on, is singular in its focus. But a lion would be distracted from the man that it wanted to devour. It would be distracted from the man by looking at each of those four legs of the chair. So holding that chair in front of the lion, it would see not the man, but it would see one leg and another leg and another leg and another leg. I believe that the distraction for us, instead of seeing Jesus, when we look at the commands of God and disobey, we see four things. Number one, we see negative commands. We think about the, the Ten Commandments or even the Sermon on the Mount as good illustrations, and we think about the do-nots, and we think about the negatives. And we don't realize that these are things that really give us life, and they shape us as God's unique people. The second thing that we do is when we... The, uh, the four legs is self-love. I know that 
if I choose to obey God's commands, then I can't selfishly go after the desirable fruit in my life that is before me. So self-love abhors God's commands. A third thing is carnal reason or natural wisdom. Common sense goes against it. There are many commands such as take up your cross and follow me or love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemy. Um, Confess your sins that natural reason abhors and goes against. And then the last thing is we forget about the promises of grace and power to obey. We look at a command and we say, that is beyond me. And yet God never gives a command that He doesn't give both the promise of His grace and the promise of His power to obey and to experience lift and growth in life. Even now, to mention the word command, many of you are, you know, we, we bristle. But God comes to us and He says, I love you. And to show my love, I have given my Son. Can you believe that if I sacrifice my Son in your place, that I would give you commands that don't have that same extent of love he gives us commands not to steal our joy he gives us command to give us joy think specifically as we prepare to come to this table about where God is speaking to you and he's saying I ask that you would obey I ask that you would trust me and obey I ask that you would know my love and be fueled, prompted by that love, nailed with an energy to say, yes, I will obey in response to your love. For God does not love us less, though He may be displeased. He doesn't love us any less in Jesus Christ if we don't obey. But His commands are there that prompted now by His love, we follow Him where He leads and we obey and we mark ourselves out as sons and daughters of this God. There is a spirit behind every one of His laws, and He wants us to know that spirit, that loving spirit behind the command. And as we understand that, and we follow, we find again His grace to obey, His power to obey, and a transformation of a life into one of joy. Let's pray. Father, we don't want to be distracted when we see your commands. We don't want to see the chair. We want to see the man. We want to be singular in our focus that we ever see the man, Jesus Christ, behind the distractions of the chair. We want to see the man. When I see a command, Father, I recoil because I love me more than I love obedience. I justify, I have all sorts of reasons to not obey, particularly commands that are going to ask much from me. Father, next time, would you allow me to see 
that it was a loving hand that has written these things as you design these commands to shape and mold sons and daughters fit for your eternal kingdom. And that it was written with the blood of Jesus Christ. That these commands don't rule us, He rules us. And under His kingly sway, we now follow His lead that we obey prompted by love. His love. We obey with a fresh grace and a power that comes as we draw upon Him. So Father, as we make our approach to this table, we don't approach because we are obedient in every command. We approach because we seek the man. And we seek His power. And we seek daily reminders of His gospel, of His love that fuels our obedience as Your people. So Father, bread of heaven, feed us till we want no more. At this table this morning, as we pray in Christ's name, Amen.